Today, we're sitting down with Ed Sibson, head of sailing. Ed oversees and leads the sailing provision at RHS. He has coached many school and university team races and is actively involved in training and assessing ding instructors and race coaches. We talked to him today about RHS's expansive sailing provision and reputation, why all year sevens have a week of sailing in their first term, the strategies needed for team racing, and which would be his desert island boat if you could only pick one. Well, I'm joined today by Ed Sibson, who is head of sailing. How are you doing today, Ed? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Arabella. Uh, it's uh, the sun's shining over here in Suffolk and it's a beautiful day for sailing. Oh, right. So, yes, of course, the sun always shines in Suffolk, doesn't it? Sure does. Uh, or most of the time anyway. <laughs> um, now, the role head of sailing, obviously, I was talking to many other different schools. They probably wouldn't have this role. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what actually you do? I mean, obviously, it's probably some people can guess, but what you actually do at RHS and why is there this role particularly at RHS? Well, the role essentially is is overseeing all the sailing related activity that that takes place at the school, and and sailing is a big part of RHS life. So, for example, all of our year seven pupils will have a week off timetable learning to sail, and then pupils can choose to sail in their games lessons. So, there's an awful lot of activity going on, and as a team, we're actually on the water six days per week teaching pupils of the school sailing. But beyond that, the the role also includes maintaining the boats. Um, we run a lot of trips to take part in competitions and Duke of Edinburgh's award expeditions, a few other bits and pieces. So there's a lot of uh, logistical organisation around that side of things as well. Um, you mentioned about the Year 7. What exactly do they get involved in and why is why is that part of the programme for them as they join the school? Well, it's uh, essentially it takes place in their first term. So they have a couple of weeks to get used to life at RHS. Uh, and then we take them over to Alton Water in the mornings instead of doing their normal timetabled lessons. And form by form, they have a week learning to sail. Uh, we're fortunate that quite a few pupils join the school can sail already. Um, and those ones will take their skills and we'll move them on to the next stage in the, the RYA sailing scheme. Or we'll develop their racing skills depending on, on where they're at. Um, but essentially, it's an opportunity for them to, to learn a little bit and take part in one of the unique aspects of RHS. And alongside that, they also get an opportunity to get to know each other. So there's, uh, you know, there's a bit of teamwork, there's some bonding going on. They have a lot of good shared experiences, getting used to to the boats and and getting outside their comfort zones for some of them. And then they're developing confidence, independence, resilience, and those sort of uh, personal character attributes at the same time. And have you had many um, people who've like joined school, never sailed before, but then have literally taken to it and that has become something that they've then ended up becoming passionate about? Yeah, quite a few over the years, uh, and it's it's really great to see. And 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 really, one of the things that stands out as part of the job is is that year seven pupil who maybe has has been on a boat once before, or even never, uh, and then seeing them just take to sailing really nicely, carry it on through their school career, and in some cases, then by the time they're in the sixth form, potentially becoming sailing scholars, representing the first team for the school at, at national level competition. It's uh, it's really impressive to see that. The approach that some of those pupils take to the sailing and how much they they just love it and get on with it. That just says it all, doesn't it? Why it's worth doing. Um, and so for those people who maybe have never been to RHS, could you just describe the sailing setup? So you've sort of mentioned, obviously, the part of your role is to actually ensure that all the equipment and to look after the boats. But how many boats do you have? What type of boats do you have? <laughs> describe it to us. Yeah, we're really fortunate with our location uh, over here on the Suffolk coast. So we've got the Star Estuary on one side of the school that... Uh, you can look out uh, from the classrooms and the boarding houses at. And just on the other side, we've got Alton Water Reservoir. 
which is quite a large uh, man-made reservoir that's uh, been around for about 50, 60 years now. Uh, and it takes pupils five to 10 minutes to walk to from the school campus. So one, one of the really amazing things about the sailing program at RHS is the pupils walk over and that just makes it accessible to everyone so they can come sailing after their lessons finish. Some of our sixth form come and sail in their free periods. And it means that, that the really committed sailors can get out training really frequently during the week. Uh, in terms of boats, we've got around 70 uh, dinghies at the moment over at Alton Water. We're catering to, for everybody, really, from the beginner in year seven who needs a nice, small, simple boat through to our elite high-level racers who are going off and competing internationally on the circuit. And they are then training in the latest uh, race spec kit that helps them to get better and better through their training sessions and everything else in between. One of the things we do as a school is take part in a lot of uh, team racing competitions. And this is where we compete against other schools. It's our equivalent of rugby and hockey fixtures, if you like. Um, and we have special boats that we undertake that those competitions in. So we have a, a series of those boats as well for our training that then puts us in a good place when we're competing against all those other schools. Wow. So, and have you taken part in any competitions recently, Ed? We have, yeah. It feels sometimes like every weekend we've got a competition of some shape or form going on. The most notable one just back in October um, was taking part in the UK Under-19 Team Racing Championships. Um, and we had a, an absolutely phenomenal performance from our senior teams, taking the title in a, a nail-biting finish to the league um, and actually finishing with all three of our senior teams in the top five for the whole competition. Oh my goodness, that's an incredible result. Yeah. And where did that take place? So that took place at Farmore Reservoir just outside Oxford. Oh, Oxford, yeah. Uh, it's an annual competition organised by our national governing body. Uh, and we go there each year. And, and it's not just schools taking part. There are clubs, uh, the different class associations, and, and generally just any group of, of friends who enjoy sailing together can enter a team and, and go and take part. And how does the team set up work? Because I'm sort of trying to imagine it now as sort of a group of boats. You know, it's not quite like a relay race, is it, when you're running around an athletics track? No, not quite. It's it's often likened to a game of chess on water. Oh, OK. Right. I love this. It's already got strategy involved. OK, go on. Strategy. Heaps of strategy. So a team comprises of, of two or three boats, each sailed by two people. And we don't mind so much who wins the actual race out of all the boats. Um, mm -hmm. What we mind about is how our team's overall combined result is. So uh, in a sailing race, you get a point for coming first, two points for coming second, and so on. And what we do in team racing is we add the points for all of our team's boats together. And if our score is lower than the opposing team's score, then we win the race. And it's right, sailed okay. one team against another team in a short six, seven, eight-minute race. Mm -hmm. uh, and what the teams are then doing is, is they might realize that, that they're doing quite well in their boat but their teammates aren't. So they then maneuver their boat to slow down their opponents and then help their teammate to overtake them and improve their team's position overall. So we, we often associate sail racing with, with trying to go as fast as possible yeah. to get to the finish. Uh, we see a lot of boats in this racing going quite slowly, uh, trying to interfere and, and upset the opposition and stop them getting around the course to help their teammates to overtake. So the strategy and the tactics are a huge aspect of the race. Oh my goodness. Actually, I love this idea because also what you're really doing, aren't you? Teaching those team skills. So yes, you need to know, understand enough about sailing and the craft of it, but also about actually how you work together and what's, what's going to work for all people rather than, yeah, I mean, that phrase, you're only as fast as your slowest person. Yeah, absolutely. So what about you, Ed? I mean, what got you into sailing? What, what have you been doing before you actually joined RHS? So, or did you turn up having never climbed into a boat yourself? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, I was fortunate. My my dad sailed recreationally uh, for sort of relaxation and, and a break from work, uh, and he started taking me out when I was about six. So I kind of got into being on boats on the water from quite an early age, and that was over at Brightlingsea, not too far from here. Oh, yeah. And then when I was a little bit older, I joined the Sea Scouts and had lots of opportunities to learn how to sail and, and progress my sailing skills. And it was a natural progression from there to then train and qualify as a sailing instructor when I was 18. Things really sort of took off then, though, when I went to university and I got into the team racing at university, um, spent some of my summer holidays teaching sailing in uh, Greece and France with uh, British holiday companies, and then got into to teaching sailing full time once I finished university uh, and sort of career kind of, of developed from there, really. Oh, my goodness. And um, when you said about when you were university, like training as an instructor, what prompted you to want to do that? For me, a, a big part of it is is putting something back in. The sport's given me so much fun and enjoyment, lifelong friends over the years, and the opportunity to really just give that to somebody else and, and share my passion for the sport with other people has been a real a real driver throughout that. Um, you know, and every single person I take on the water is is a new experience for them. It's a new experience for me because everyone's different. They all learn in slightly different ways. Every day on the water is completely different because you've you've got different weather, different conditions, different people. And it's just it's just so interesting and and challenging working out how to help people to develop their sailing skills. And that's it, that challenge and that enjoy seeing them develop and things like that. What type of skills do you think you need to have to be a good sailing instructor? Communication skills are, are a key aspect. You know, we we spend a lot of our time uh, trying to explain concepts to people. We're multitasking a lot of the time, trying to draw on a whiteboard the concepts that we're explaining or demonstrate it on a boat whilst talking, and really working out how people learn as well and you know the way that two people in the group might pick up a certain sailing technique probably doesn't work for a couple of the other people in the group and and trying to work out how individuals develop their skill pick up new information um, whether they learn from watching from listening from having a go and then tailoring what we're doing finding the the, the key that unlocks the concept for them so they can really really figure it out because sailing is is an incredibly challenging sport um you know a lot of people can can get in a boat and sort of go off in one direction but turning it round keeping it the right way up and and doing a lot of the the challenging maneuvers or getting into racing is is really quite a technical and, and difficult part of the sport um and really the aspect of helping people learn that um is the key to being a good instructor and and a lot of that comes with experience figuring out what works and and what doesn't you know and it's a very experiential part of the job really um you know i could run a session this afternoon and, and it just doesn't quite go to plan and we don't get the learning we hope but i'm going to take a lot from that experience and next time i run that session it'll be better and it'll be different and do you think it helps the fact that you regularly sail yourself and you've competed hopefully yeah uh you know having having such a passion for the sport i, I do get out and sail when i can we had a, a great weekend back in the summer where we actually entered a staff team in, a, in some keelboat racing alongside some of our sixth form students um, and getting on the water and competing against them was was really good fun. <laughs> Who won or were you not allowed to ask? We just pipped them. Um, so it was a, it was a weekend of, of lots of short races and uh, I think we sailed about 18 races over the weekend and we came out with a, a fraction of a point ahead of the RHS uh, pupil teams just by the end of it. So... Uh, they were catching us. We were glad the regatta finished when it did because I think a couple more races and they might have overtaken us. 
<laughs> carefully planned, of course. You know, that's that's what makes sets you apart, isn't it? And I mean, obviously, RHS does have this enviable worldwide reputation. Um, what drew you to RHS in the first place um, to come and work at RHS? For for a sailing fan, it, it, this, the job is just a perfect job, really. Uh, I'm living and breathing sailing day in, day out. Um, a few other aspects of the job take me away from sailing from time to time, but but the bulk of it is just sailing related, and and it's just what I love. So um, I'd, I'd seen the school and what they were doing quite a number of years ago, and sort of had sort of earmarked it as that that's a potential job for the future, maybe. When the job came up and it was a, a good time for me, it, it was uh, it was an obvious thing to apply for. And when I came to have a look round, you just it's just an incredible location, an incredible setup. We're remarkably privileged to have the facilities that we do and, and the proximity of the sailing to the school is absolutely incredible. So really, it was it was an obvious choice. And, and being East Anglian, born and raised, uh, along with my wife, it was quite nice for us to be moving back out to this part of the country and being so close to the coast again has been absolutely fabulous. And how long have you been at RHS for now then? I'm now in my seventh year. Oh, okay. Right. So yes, you're firmly sort of settled in. And so for those um, young people that obviously are, as you say, passionate, like particularly the group that you took to Farmore Reservoir, how do you cater for the elite op sailors um, or maybe not, you know, those who are actually really desiring to go forward and compete and for those who just want to pot around, take a boat out, have a little bit of fun? Yeah, it can be a challenge sometimes because they're two very different groups of people needing very different things. We're fortunate to have three full-time staff in the sailing department. So that gives us a lot of flexibility over the groups and what we're teaching on the water. Um, We then have three other staff within the school teaching body who also do a a games lesson here and there each week for us as well. So we we draw on quite a, a large range of experience. So what we're able hopefully to provide is the top level coaching that elite sailors need and, and want to help them develop and and learn and progress but also you know we've all got that background in teaching beginners and getting people into the sport so we've got a lot of experience in in helping people to develop a love of the sport recreationally and I think when you couple that then with the range of equipment we've got you know we've got the right boat for everyone whether they're wanting to uh, to learn how to sail with spinnakers or get into the high performance side of it and, and go a bit faster. Uh, we're fortunate to have a couple of uh, foiling boats. And the, so these are the, the latest in sort of sailing technology where the boats are, are taking off and flying above the water and going going super fast as a result. We've got a couple of those boats that our older sailors really, really enjoy and thrive sailing on the water uh, or over the water. Um, so I think it's that, that combination of the experience and the, the breadth of the staff team coupled with the equipment we've got hopefully then means that we can can put on the right sessions for for people regardless of of where they are on their sailing journey and as you mentioned before like because there's an opportunity for your particular elite sailors or those who are really like passionate about it to kind of come out and take a boat out at different times how do you help them or support them balancing you know their work life they've obviously got to whether they're studying their GCSEs or A levels as well as the time needed to actually be in a boat um it's not a quick sport per se or kind of getting time to actually coach or suddenly the winds come up now's the time to go it's uh, it requires a lot of planning on the on the part of the sailor primarily and and so we we're careful to make sure within the school body that they've got the right support to do that so the school's tutor set up the pupils in groups of maybe 10 to 14 are all alloc- allocated a tutor that that stays with them sort of as they progress through the school so they get to know them they get to know their strengths and weaknesses and how they work and then where we've got sailors who are missing school at times to go off and compete or train 
Um, the tutors are then able to work with those pupils in advance to work out where they need to be, hopefully helping them get ahead before they, they go away. And uh, one of the the benefits I think we saw as a school through COVID was uh, the move to digital teaching. So all of our lessons now use OneNote as a teaching platform. So pupils who are away at a competition are able to to log into their school account and see what's taken place during their, the lessons that they're missing. They can see the, the prep that they're being set, and then hopefully they can find time around their schedule to catch up on that work. And the benefit, hopefully, of, of them being slightly ahead before they go then keeping a little bit on top of it while they're away means they're not they haven't fallen behind hopefully by the time they get back um, but like I say that tutor support is really vital in that aspect um, and then having really just just clear open channels of communication so between us between the pupils the parents and the, the pastoral team within the school so that people know when pupils are going to be away what sailing commitments they've got coming up We've got, you know, a couple of our pupils are in national youth squads, so training with the governing body on a six times, seven times over the winter. Yeah, that's a lot of then weekends away, and, and often the venues are quite a travel away from Suffolk, so they might be be leaving on a Friday lunchtime or missing a little bit of school on a Friday, then sailing really hard all weekend, getting quite tired, a long drive back Sunday night, um, and it can take it out of you when you're then you've got the full RHS life then Monday to Friday. Yeah. Yeah. before maybe going yeah. and doing it again. So it, it can be a real challenge. Um, mm-hmm. But like I say, that hopefully the, the digital working, the tutor support mm-hmm. just helps people stay on top of things. One of the benefits perhaps of school and using, and actually using all of the things you have in to hand for yourself. So um, Ed, how do you kind of balance work life? I mean, obviously managing all of that, supporting, I mean, all of the different competitions going on, having such a large uh, fleet of boats. How do you balance life and what do you do to um, have a bit of downtime? Fortunately, getting on the water is, is quite nice downtime for me. So okay. uh, particularly in the summer, you know, the pupils might finish their sailing and, and there might be an opportunity to get out on the water for an hour or, you know, periods of time off. Getting out on the water is just a really good opportunity just to switch off from everything, focus on on the boat you're sailing and, and working with the the wind and the elements around you to sail the boat nicely. Um, I'm also fortunate that I, I have a young family. So the time away from school, you know, is, is just focused on them. Two boys who are are just getting into everything outdoorsy. So camping and bike riding and, you know, just just good times outdoors. So we we spend a lot of time as a family doing that. Um, we've got a, a dog as well. So a, a walk of the dog when I get home of an evening is quite a nice way to to switch off and unwind. But yeah, it's the, the family really that, that take me away and, and help me switch off. And if I was going to push you to, uh, you could only sail one boat for the rest of your life, what would you pick? I know it's a bit of a tough question for someone like yourself. It is a tough question. A, a few years ago, I bought a boat called an, uh, an International Canoe which is uh, a very... It doesn't sound like a boat, does it? Well, not no, a boat that has a sail or whatever. Or... No, so it, it is a boat that, that has developed out of canoeing and canoeists' desire to use the wind oh. to help them go. And, and over, uh, you know, over about a century, the technology and the, the sailing aspect of it has developed. And, and we've now got this absolutely incredible sailing class um, that has huge sails and a very small boat. So the small boat means that there's very little drag, which makes it go fast. And then there's essentially a sliding plank that you slide out to the side of the boat to sit on to help control the boat, make it go fast. And then when you turn around and go the other way, you've got to slide the plank out the other side of the boat to to then sit on next time. So it's it's quite a challenge to sail, um, but it's just an incredible boat to, to, to get to grips with. 
um, and learn how to how to sail well. And I've just I've absolutely loved sailing that. So I think probably that would be the one that I would I would stick with. Okay, so if people want to see Ed on Altrium Reservoir, that's the, that's what they'll see you whizzing across for there. Quite possible. They might just see the upturned orange <laughs> hole sticking out the water as I as I capsize yet again. Okay, well, good to know. Uh, okay, right. So there we go. That's your that's your sort of desert island boat, right? I ask this question to everyone, Ed, but I think it's yeah every time I speak to anybody from RHS there's such a sort of sense of love and enthusiasm for the school so what in your opinion sets RHS apart from other schools you mean apart from its unique sailing provision I suppose well, uh, yeah well come on you kick off with what you're uh, yeah, <laughs> I, think, exactly. I think for me the, lo- the location <laughs> is yes. the location is absolutely phenomenal the star estuary on one side and ultimate water on the other just is absolutely incredible and and we're so fortunate to have such a beautiful setting but access to such amazing sailing opportunities. Beyond that, for me, the time and dedication that staff across the school put in to supporting pupils and ensuring that that they can become the best person they can as they they go on their journey through RHS um, just really stands out, whether it's the support staff preparing the sports pitches or, or working in the kitchens or wherever they might be, the teaching staff, the staff in houses, everyone's just working with that same goal of, of helping young people to to grow and develop and, and come out of RHS being ready for the wider world. Yeah, and that and that is says it all, doesn't it? And so, Ed, what have you got coming up next? What are we going to look forward to seeing uh, in the sailing team or news of the sailing world at RHS? Well, we're, we're just coming into sort of our, our quiet period at the moment with, with the winter hitting. So um, the competitions have finished for this season. We're therefore starting our sort of our winter review on on where we're at and where we want to be when we come into next season. And then we'll be working on the training programs with our groups of pupils to get them ready for, for competitions once they start up again in earnest in, in March time. So we've got a couple of months of just just stay, taking stock um, and then getting ready for, for the next season. And then it's just going to be back-to-back competitions, uh, lots of pupils on the water, going to some exciting places, hopefully, and, and representing the school and, and competing against lots of other young people from across the UK. Well, we wish you all the best with that. And we look forward to seeing more news of the incredible achievements of the RHS sailing team. Thanks very much, Arabella. And that was Ed Sibson, Head of Sailing. Thank you, Ed, for coming on on Sit Down with RHS. Do make sure you head on over to follow RHS on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok or YouTube for the latest news on what is happening in the RHS community.